phone. Hebrews uh, chapter number 10, verse number 19. Let's read these verses. Hebrews 10, 19 17, says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray and ask God to bless in the message tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for this week. God, I can't, I can't explain what you've done in my heart this week. And Lord, I pray that you've done something in the hearts and lives of these folks as well. Thank you for bringing our family into this church, into this church family. Lord, how they have wrapped us in their arms and their love. And Lord, we will never forget them. God, thank you for this time. Lord, help, help us to realize there'll never be another four days just like this. God, help us to enjoy it. Help us to cherish it. And Lord, help us to, mem uh, to have memories of this for years and years and years to come. I love you with all that I am. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're talking this week on the home. Every service, every message has been about the home because I believe the home's important. Remember what I said? My, my mom and dad had that license plate on the front of that old uh, Buick Century. It said, the family that prays together stays together. And I believe it. I believe in that. So Sunday morning we talked about I'm all in. I'm all in. Listen, get all in with God. With everything that you are, you get in with Him. Mon uh, Monday night we talked about when God is in the house. Listen, when God's in the house, there's going to be peace in the house. That doesn't mean there's not going to be problems in the house, but there will be peace in the midst of problems. Then I said this, there'll be prosperity in the house. And it doesn't always come like we think prosperity. We, don't, we always think about money and all the things of this world. But listen, I'm not even talking about that kind of prosperity. Although the Lord can bless in that way, I believe He can. I'll, I'll give you an instance. Just today, my, my wife, uh, over the last several weeks and, and a few more weeks to come, she's had to have uh, quite a bit of dental work and... Our family, we have health insurance, but we don't have dental insurance. And so everything that we, that we do is out of pocket. And so we knew what the, what the price tag was. We knew what it was going to be. And listen, God has shown me that time and time and time again. He's faithful, Brother Reed. He's always faithful. And I kid you not. Now, I'm telling you this. I'm bragging on the Lord here. I went to the mailbox today, one of our supporting churches. I saw, I saw the envelope in, in, the, uh, in the mailbox, and I figured it was our monthly support check. They support, support us monthly. I figured that's probably what it was. I opened that up, and it said uh, April, May, and June support. And then it had another line that said an, an, an additional gift. And let me tell you something, Brother, brother Jimmy. It was... It was almost the exact amount of what my wife's dental bill is going to be. I'm telling you. you listen, you can't. You, that's God's economy. I had no idea how we was going to pay all that. I had no idea how God was going to take care of that. But guess what he did? So sometimes God does bless prosperity in that way. But, but we're not prosperity preachers. Amen. We know that if we're going to serve God, there's going to come with a cost. 
But I promise you this, it's worth the cost. Amen. Amen. But we talked about there's peace, there's prosperity, but then there's a promise. When God's in the house, there's a promise. Then we talked about this last night. We talked about the house of cards. See, the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Listen, just like that house of cards that I would build as a, as a kid and all of a sudden it would, something would come by. Uh, uh, my mom, mom would walk by on the carpet or uh, the, the wind off of her. It would just knock that card, that card house over. Listen, that's exactly what's happening to houses and homes across this nation and across this world because they're building on the sinking sand. And they're not the wise men that build on the, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, tonight I want to look at one more aspect of the house, and I want to preach on this thought, when you are in God's house. So we talked about when God's in our house, but tonight I want to talk about when we are in God's house. See, this is God's house, and I understand we, this building is not the church, we are the church, but there is something special about God's house. Some of my best days of my life have been in God's house. Listen, the, the night I got saved, it was because I was in God's house. The morning that my wife got saved was, was because we were in God's house. The, the day that I led Dylan to the Lord after church, it was because we had been in God's house. Listen, I promise you tonight, God's house is important. May we never forget that. We're living in a day where many people see no need for church. They think, listen, they think we're crazy for what we do. They think we're crazy for coming to church on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and then we'll be in church on Saturday and then church on Sunday. Listen, they think we're crazy for what we do. But I promise you this, listen, our labor's not in vain in the Lord. I know that. So let's look at what Hebrews has to say about the house of God. Look in verse number 19 again. It says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. The whole book of Hebrews, the whole book is telling the, the Jewish Christian that, that the new covenant, Jesus, is better than the old covenant. That's what the, the whole book's talking about. And I promise you tonight, listen, Jesus is better than anything I know. Amen! He's better than anything I know. Verse number 22, it says this, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. You know what we need to do in this day and hour that we live in? We need to draw close to God. Every single day of our lives, we need to do that. Verse 23, look what it says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Can I, if I could encourage you in something tonight, don't waver on what God's doing in your life. Don't waver on the Word of God. Don't waver on your faith. Don't waver in the house of God. Listen, the Bible says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Yeah. Don't you waver on what you know is right. Listen, when you don't feel right, when, when things are not going your way, don't you waver on this. Because you can always depend on this. I can't always depend on my feelings. Amen. Yeah. We teach our boys and we'll teach our little girl one day. Don't make emotional decisions. Amen. You make an emotional decision, most of the time it's the wrong decision. When we go totally off of emotion, listen, I don't want to go off emotion. I want to go off of God's Word and what it tells me to do. Let us not waver from those things. 
Listen, when we come into, into God's house, it's not in vain. I love that verse, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Listen, what you're doing right here this week is not in vain. Amen. What you're teaching your kids right now is not in vain. You may not see it right now. You may not see it a year from now, but it might be five or ten years from now and you, see, you start to see fruit that is, that is starting to be produced from your children and your grandchildren. Listen, don't waver in that. Be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. So let me give you three things that should happen when we're in God's house. Amen. Number one, we should find comfort when we come into the house of God. Oh, listen, there's something special. I've... I've been, I've been in a lot of church services, Brother Jimmy. Probably not as many as you have. But I've been in a lot of church services. And I, there's been times when I walked through that door and I could feel something. I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. God's going to do something here. Listen, this week I have, I have had it in my mind. I thought, God's doing something in this, in this church amongst these people. Listen, God's doing something. I want you to understand that. Listen, it is, it is an, a very important thing to come to the house of God. It is so important. Listen, we, we find comfort when we come into God's house. Now, I understand this. There's a difference in conviction and comfort. Amen. Listen, conviction is never comfortable. But once you know Christ as your Savior, coming to the house of God should be a comforting thing. Listen, when I'm hurt, I want to come to the house of God. It helps me. When I'm sad, when I'm, when I'm mad, when I'm frustrated, listen, the house of God helps me. Understand, there's comfort found in that. Verse 24, look what it says. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know, you're a family here. This is a, a family unit. Every New Testament church is a family unit. But understand this, there's something special right here amongst these folks. Listen, when you, when you have a bad day, listen, you can come in here. Somebody can provoke you to, I ain't talking about provoke you in a bad way, amen. But I'm talking about provoke you to love and to good works to encourage you to find comfort in this place. Listen, there's comfort in the, in, right here at this altar tonight. I promise you that. You say, what's, what's so special about an altar? Well, I don't know that there's anything special about this right here. But there is something special about kneeling down to a holy God and realizing who He is and realizing who we are. Amen. In the Old Testament days, an altar was used to kill some things so it would please God. You know what would help us tonight? I believe it might please God if we'd kill some things in our life, get rid of some things in our life that's, that's not pleasing to the Lord, get rid of them so we can live a life pleasing unto Him because that's our purpose. You know, there's power in the church. There's power in it. Understand this, that there's power in this group of people. I like National Geographic. I like to watch those shows. and I watch them sometimes and they'll, they'll, they'll be a pride of lions going out on the hunt. They'll go out on the hunt and they'll, they'll find a group of water buffalo. I ain't calling y'all water buffalo, by the way. Amen. But they'll, they'll find a, a herd of water buffalo. And as long as that herd sticks together, Brother Price... There's power in it. But here's what the, that pride of lions will do. They will run straight through that herd and they'll get one off by itself. Way over here by itself. And then five or six of those lions jump on that one. Understand this tonight. When you stick close together, there's power in this. There's power right here when you stick close together. But oh, when one gets away, one gets off by himself, feels like he's the lone ranger. Understand this, that's when the devil can move in, swoop in, and attack. 
That's why it's so important to stay together as a church family. Listen, there's no perfect churches. Amen. I know that. Amen. I've been around enough. I know there's no perfect churches. But you know what there is? There's churches that can stick together. Even just, just like any relationship, there's going to be issues. There's going to be different personalities. There's going to be clashes. Listen, we have that in our house, and there's only five of us. Amen. But understand this. When we can work together as a church family, oh, we can get so much accomplished for the cause of Christ. And then when that one, you see that one off by himself, off by herself, and, and they're lonely, and they're, they feel like they're the Lone Ranger, you know what the church needs to do? Rally around that one. And give some comfort and some love, provoking unto love and good works. And say, it's going to be all right, brother. It's going to be all right, sister. You're going to make it. It'll be worth it after all, child. It'll be worth it after all. After all of these trials, we'll hear Jesus call. It'll be worth it after all, child. It'll be worth it after all. After all of these trials, it'll be worth it after all. Amen, amen. You know, one thing I feel like my family does, I think, I think it's one of the main reasons God put us in this ministry is to come into a church, give you a shot in the arm and say, it's going to be worth it. You keep on going. Amen. Don't you ever give up. Don't ever give up. There's comfort found in the church. Look in verse number 25. Not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what's happening today, Brother Jimmy? We're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But that's not what the Bible says. It says as you see the day approaching, as this, as this world wraps up and goes towards the end of this thing, listen, we should be exhorting one another, encouraging one another more, and, and gathering together even more. Amen. I need a church family. I need, listen, my family needs you guys. And I hope you can say you need us. Listen, I want you to understand there's comfort. There's comfort in the church. Not only do we find comfort in God's house, number two, we should be challenged and changed in God's house. Every time you come to the house of God, you should walk through that door and say, God challenge me and God change me. God mold me and make me into what you want me to be. I want you to understand tonight, the church house is to come so we can learn more about Him. So we can be challenged and changed. God, listen, God, make me a better Christian. I pray this prayer all the time. God, make me a better Christian. God, make me a better husband. God, make me a better, a better father. God, make me a better son. And, well, I don't really pray that one anyway. But listen, I want to be challenged. I want to be changed. Every time you walk through these doors, I want what Brother Jimmy gives you to challenge you and to change you. Because that's what we're doing here. Listen, we're not, this is not in vain. This is so we can be challenged and we can be changed. I never want to stagnate in my spiritual life. Have I been there? You better believe it. But I don't like it when I'm there. You know what stagnant water does? It stinks. You know what happens when our spiritual life starts to stagnate? We start to stink. Amen. 
Amen. I don't like it. I don't like dead things. I don't like dead church. I don't like dead church services. I don't like dead marriages. I don't like dead homes. Now, I love some dead chicken. Amen. Amen. And that dead chicken the other day was real good. But I promise you this, I don't like dead stuff, Brother Jimmy. I don't like it. So why? listen, I, I don't like dead things because what I have living in me is not dead. And if you know Christ as your Savior, it's not dead in you either. Amen. We should be excited about the things of God. I think I said this the other day. My, my boys pick on me all the time. I, we went to Big Lots one day and I saw this, this big, uh, big painting that said, Live, Laugh, Love. And we, I bought it. Amen. They pick on me all the time about that thing. But I say it all the time. I said that Christians should live more than anybody lives. Christians should laugh more than anybody laughs. And Christians should love more than anybody loves. Amen. I believe that. 1 Peter 2, 2 says this. As newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You know what our, one of our purposes in coming to church is? So you can grow. So you can grow in the things of God. So you can understand God more. So you can, you can come and worship Him in such a way. Listen, I've been in services, and I, it, we were in, the, in services for three or four hours, and it felt like 30 minutes, Brother Jimmy. Just worshiping Him and growing and understanding Him more and more and more. There's nothing like it. The church will help you to grow. God's Word will help you to grow, to challenge and to change us. I'm thankful for that tonight. So not only should the house of God comfort us, and not only should we be challenged and changed in God's house, but number three, we should become more Christ-like when we come to God's house. Here, here's the difficult part. It's easy to come to church and shout the amens, and lift our hands towards the heavens. It's easy to get up and sing, sing congregationals and, and just rejoice in what God's doing in the church home. But outside these walls, this is where, it's takes, it's where it takes place at. This is where we must put what we learn in here into action out there. Amen. Listen, I want people to see Jesus in you every single day. I was at Dollar General years ago. and I was uh, second in line. had my stuff. I had just a few things. and I was standing in line, one person in front of me. And if you've ever been in... in customer service you know how this goes should go that if they're going to close the line down you put the sign out and you take whoever's in the line right shake your head this way amen that's how you're supposed to do it amen I was second in line and they rang up that person in front of me set the sign and said this uh, register closed and looked at me and said sir could you go over to uh, register number two well I did like my dog I turned my head Emerson did that same thing to me today. She, I said something to her and she turned her head at me. I thought, my goodness, she's turned into my dog. Amen. But I, I turned my head, I got my stuff, and I walked over to register number two. And I was standing there. I was second in line there. And the, the, the person in front of me pays for their stuff. And as they're walking off, the, the cashier there goes, i got to go make a phone call. I'll be back. And walks off and leaves me standing there with all my stuff. Listen, I am redheaded. And my face is always red, but I could feel my blood pressure begin to boil. I could feel it just begin to, begin to creep up the, my, my head. And I, I thought, what is going on here? And I look over, Brother Jimmy, it gets worse. That Now this line's closed, but they're taking people back on register number one. So as nicely as I could, I said, sir, 
are you taking people back on register number one? He said, oh, yeah. Get my stuff and I'm gritting my teeth. We used to sing that song, Jesus loves the little children. Sometimes you got to sing it with your teeth gritting. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Listen, I get back in line and now I'm not second. I'm third, fourth, fifth. I don't even remember now. But I'm way back in the line. And I'm wanting to give this guy a piece of my mind. I mean, man, he's wasted up 10, 15 minutes of my time. I'm so frustrated. And I'm, I'm ready to bite his head off. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, Wait a minute! What if you're preaching at the church one day? And that gentleman walks in, sits down in that pew. Now listen, it might be you might be that person in here tonight. I wouldn't remember you. Amen. But I guarantee this. If I'd have bit that guy's head off, and Brother Jimmy got up and said, well, we're going to have Brother Jesse Butcher preach tonight. I bet that guy would have remembered me. Amen. Amen. Understand this. The church house is so we can learn to become more Christ-like. Yeah. To, be a, to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. Yeah. Listen, I'm glad I didn't bite that guy's head off. Oh, I felt like it. But I'm glad the Holy Spirit took control of my life. Listen, the church can be used to Become more like Jesus. You ever heard the saying, well, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven? That's a true statement. Amen. You don't, listen, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. Don't throw me out. But you don't. The only thing that's going to get us into heaven is knowing Jesus Christ is our Savior. Amen. Amen. But I tell you what going to church does. It makes you a whole lot more like Jesus. Amen. You look at professional ball players, football, basketball, baseball. Listen, they don't miss practices. They don't miss practices. Why? Because they want to be the best in the game that they can be. Listen, church, tonight, we need this so we can take what we can learn here and take it out into this world and, and, and help the cause of Christ to see souls saved and lives changed. In the church house, we've seen souls saved. In the church house, we've seen marriages restored. In the church house, we've seen children who were neglected and abused see the love of Christ. Listen, that's what the church house is for. There's comfort. It challenges and it changes us. But then it's meant for us to become more like Jesus Christ. When we worship God, we know Him more. I'm thankful this week. I believe we worship God here. I believe we have worshiped God. When we read His Word, we become more like Him. When we sing His praises, we are drawn closer to Him. When my wife was in the hospital and Emerson had just been born. And I was worried about my mom over in intensive care and everything that was going on in our life. I'd wake up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and I'd, I'd turn on some gospel music and I'd start listening to it. And it wouldn't be long, Brother Jimmy, Tears start streaming down my face. My hands lifted towards the heavens. Praising God. Listen, we're going through the storm of our life, but I'm telling you, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He answers prayers. He answers prayers. He answers prayers. He answers prayers. 
He's so good to me. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's so good to me. I hope that you have been blessed by this week. But I want you to know something. Nobody's been as blessed as my family has to be here this week. I can't, listen, I cannot explain the blessings, how badly I needed this, Brother Jimmy. Listen, it's revived my heart. It's helped me. And I promise you, there's times in my life, Brother Jimmy, I don't even want to get in the pulpit and preach. The, the weight of this world and the problems and the stresses and all the things that weigh us down. The depression and anxiety that I deal with sometimes. Listen, I don't even want to come into the pulpit. Oh, but it's on those times when I don't even feel like it. And I get in this pulpit and the sweet Holy Spirit comes by my way and helps me. Listen, there's nothing like it. Listen, when you're down and discouraged, the place you need to be is the house of God. When you're broken and when you feel all alone, the place you need to be is the house of God. Is it a perfect house? No, it's not a perfect house. Oh, but it's a great house to be in. Can you find comfort here? Yeah, absolutely, you can find comfort here. Can you be challenged and can you be changed in this, in this house of God? Yes, you can. And then can you become more like Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. That should be our goal every single day. So, well, Jesse, what happens when I mess up? Here's what you do. You ask God to forgive you. If you messed up against somebody like I, I, I did to my wife the other night with that song we was practicing at the house. Amen. Give me a five right there. Amen. Today's been a good day. I didn't fuss at her today. Amen. You go to that person and you make it right. You ask them to forgive you and you make it right. And you know what you do? You pick yourself up. You brush yourself off. And you keep going for God. That's what you do. God help us to realize we are not perfect, but we do serve a perfect Savior. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Romans 12, 2, and I close with this. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I wrote this down. I said, When you come to God's house, you can be transformed and renewed. This week, I've been renewed this week, and I'm so thankful for it. We need God's help. It's found here in God's comfort, in its challenges and its changes, and when we become more like Jesus Christ. Honey, you come to